0: Welcome back to the Echo Cast, a podcast about video game news, speculation, reviews, and whatever else I feel like covering. I'm your host, Bon, and this week we'll be talking about the game showcases coming up, the RTX 4060 cards being announced, Diablo 4 Server Slam thoughts, and much more. A few things before we get started, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel, hit the like button and comment with your thoughts, questions for next week, or to just say hello. If you're watching live on Twitch, please leave any questions you want me to answer or topics you want me to cover. And if you want to support the podcast, you can ask via a subscription bits or tip message. A big thank you to supporter level patrons PK, The Don, Cage Nephilim, who's in chat right now, and Neuronix, as well as producer level patron Hassan. If you're interested in supporting this podcast and getting ad-free episodes for as little as $1 per month, please check out patreon.com slash Gaming News. This week we have eight topics the first three are all showcase and mostly showcase predictions we are getting into that time of the year we have all kinds of gaming things coming up all kinds of gaming things to get excited about and uh namely i am going to chat about the summer game fest the ubisoft forward and the playstation showcase now the playstation showcase is coming up just next week Uh, the week you'll be listening to this that will be happening i believe it's on wednesday uh, afternoon where i live that may depend on where you are first let's talk about the summer game fest though so this one is probably the biggest wild card there's a few games that we just assume will be there we assume kojima will show something there uh we assume uh you know there may be a light presence by xbox and playstation the problem is is that they both have kind of their own shows that are going on i just realized as i uh (laughs) looked at this list i actually did not include the xbox showcase which uh we'll talk about that as well um it, the Summer Game Fest should be interesting, though. Um, we uh, I, I looked up a list of things that could be there, um, and nothing seems like it's going to be that crazy. Uh, because Xbox and PlayStation have their own shows, they're probably going to hold the best thing uh, for themselves, which kind of makes sense if you think about it. And... Nintendo could show something because they aren't expected to have a big showcase for themselves. They're also pretty notorious for wanting to show their own stuff. So we'll see. As for the Summer Game Fest, uh, it is expected that Capcom will show off Street Fighter 6. That's coming out really soon. And it's got a lot of hype. They're doing a bunch of betas and tests. People are getting out there and playing it, including, I believe, the weekend I'm recording this. They have an open beta. Uh, there are rumors of a Dead Rising remake. That's the old kind of goofy brawler zombie game that you may remember from, uh, I believe it was an Xbox exclusive. Um, we have Disney. It is expected that they may show off the Captain America Black Panther game. Uh, so I'll be interested to see if we get more of that. That is the Amy Hinnig project. Uh, a lady who has... You know, she was really well known for, I believe, Uncharted. She was one of the head people on that. And then she was supposed to have that really cool Star Wars game that EA showed off and then canceled and it disappeared. I think it was like Star Wars 1313 or something like that was at least the code name. Uh, We have Square Enix. It's pretty good to assume they're going to show off Final Fantasy 16 in some capacity. It is likely that they may save a lot of that for PlayStation, but I bet we see See it here too. PlayStation will be more willing to show stuff at the Summer Game Fest because they're uh, it's showing they're having their own show first, where Xbox is having their show after the Summer Game Fest. So I suspect that's going to be much uh, tighter to their chest. It is rumored that Square Enix could also show off Kingdom Hearts Four for all of you freaks and weirdos who are into that. Um, Sega is likely going to show Sonic Frontiers DLC, the Sonic game that was panned pretty hard before it came out. And then reviews basically said it was like, fine, Um, uh, there is thoughts or rumors of a Yakuza spinoff being shown, as well as a Jet Set Radio and Crazy Taxi remake potential. Ubisoft is going to have their own show, we're going to talk about it. Uh, Their show will also, I believe, be after the Summer Game Fest showcase, so they may be a bit tight as well. We have seen a list of the games that they have coming out. I'll be talking about that. Um, So we'll have to kind of see what they're willing to show with this. I suspect it's going to be kind of like Xbox, where it maybe teases more than it is actual new and interesting stuff. EA is a really interesting one in theory. They have a lot of stuff coming up that they could show, but we have reason to believe they may not. Uh, This Immortals of Avium game uh, is getting a lot of talk um, about being kind of like a magic PvP game, I believe. Um, EA Sports FC, it's going to be them debuting their first soccer game that does not include the FIFA branding because they have cut off that deal. It seems like they've gotten all of the licenses for all of the big teams around the world. So it kind of seems like that FIFA brand being on their uh, game may have been dragging them down because they were paying. I believe it was literally a deal in the billions to license the the FIFA name. So uh, and if you don't know FIFA, I believe is trying to make their own game and it will be really interesting to see how that goes because the expectation is they Won't be using a EA level studio to do it. It's going to be probably bad. We'll have to wait and see. Skate could definitely get a feature. Uh, That game has been in pretty heavy testing, uh, lots of betas and stuff like that. They haven't really been shy about that game and its development stages. So I bet we'll see something about that because that game is probably coming sooner than later. And unfortunately, we're probably getting no Bioware. In a couple of recent uh, podcasts by Jeff Grubb, a guy who tends to be pretty on top of it with EA and especially BioWare, uh, he basically said that uh, there was no expectation to see Dreadwolf at this show uh, because you know we're now hearing that that game probably isn't coming until summer of 2024, and so it's more likely we would see it in summer showcases then, uh, or and you know EA could in theory do their own show next year. That also means we probably won't see anything from Mass Effect. That would be super cool, but I have a pretty good uh, feeling that at this point, we're probably waiting until in 7 day to get our big info up on that. So sorry to everyone who uh, I've been kind of stringing along. We've all been huffing the hopium that maybe we'll get something there. My expectations are basically zero at this point on that. And then finally, we have Warner Brothers. It seems pretty obvious they're going to show off Mortal Kombat 1. We have received a trailer this last week about that. Um, the trailer is great. And what's really funny about it is the first half of the trailer is like very serious, setting the stage for this this kind of realistic story, this kind of grounded thing. And then the second half of the trailer is literally the most graphic gore I've ever seen in a cinematic for anything even movies it is grotesque and it is amazing my issue with games like Mortal Kombat and uh, Street Fighter and Tekken um, you know fighting games are having like a big year this year we'll probably see Tekken um, in the show as well and I am just not good at those games I, I I've never taken the time to learn I just mash buttons like a child and um so it's like one of those things like i've i purchased i believe the last mortal Kombat. Uh i might end up buying street fighter but i'll probably not have the patience to play it right therefore i'll end up not having a good experience therefore i'll probably end up not hardly playing it but that's fine we'll see um the summer game fest is uh next week uh, or it's uh i believe oh, it was in two weeks i believe uh, I will still be here when that show happens. Uh, no, it's in three weeks. That's right, because it's right before I'll be uh, out of town for a while. Um, I will still be here for it. I will live stream it. So if you want to come uh, to my Twitch channel, it's twitch.tv slash Bond Diesel. We can watch that together and uh, and see what it's all about. Ubisoft forward predictions. So um, this one is a little less mysterious. This week we got um a, a, an expectation of the games they expect to release before the end of their fiscal year which will end next March in 2024 we should be seeing Assassin's Creed Mirage and Avatar Frontiers of Pandora is probably their two big games um i think that i think that's where we're going to see uh you know their their big pops Um, I'm really excited about both of those games. Mirage is supposed to be a return to like old school Assassin's Creed. More recent uh, rumors have suggested it will be more like Assassin's Creed Origins, which would be more like old Assassin's Creed, but not entirely. Uh, I believe that is where they started to introduce some of the, the looter type of gameplay and equipment collection and stuff like that. But I really, really liked Origins, uh, mostly because of the characters more so than the actual gameplay. But, you know, I'm, I'm willing to accept a, uh, a different style of uh, Assassin's Creed, especially as we know. And this also came out this week that uh, Ubisoft is expecting to uh, raise the number of people working on Assassin's Creed properties to almost 3000 devs, uh, which is up from a current number that's around 2000. Now, they are supposed to be working on, I believe it's like four or five or six projects at one time. So if you think about those numbers, it kind of makes sense. It seems like they're going down the route of having, they have like a mobile game coming. They have Mirage, which is supposed to be more of like a realistic game. Uh, And then they have uh, another game that's supposed to be kind of like a Valhalla and Odyssey that will be uh, the, the more like big open world RPG, you know, looter, looter, cutter i don't know what you would call it a uh, type of game so and then we have avatar we haven't seen much of it there were some screenshots that were that released uh, or that were leaked recently that showed some of the first person gameplay we'll just have to see how that plays out they, they just haven't shown much of this um, i expect it to be a visual feast it is on a i've heard a very upgraded version of the snowdrop engine which uh, the Division 1 and 2 are both on, um, as well as a bunch of other games, but those being the most notable, probably. And um, Massive is a really talented studio. Uh, uh, Ubisoft catches a lot of crap pretty reasonably um, for, for having a lot of uh, cookie cutter games and stuff like that. I, I really think that Massive kind of stands out if you look at their history. And even if you look at Division 1 and 2, it is the Division 1 and 2 has like a different level of, in my opinion like Polish or Finish or whatever, then the Far Cry and Ghost Recon and some of these other games that those games seem like they've all kind of lumped into each other where Massive seems like they're kind of still trying to do their own thing. We'll have to wait and see. We're also expecting to see Rainbow Six Mobile if you're into mobile games, uh, Division Resurgence, again, if you're into mobile games, Skull and Bones, just morbid curiosity at this point with that game. I couldn't be bothered to actually care about it uh, I don't think I can say anything more about that right now, though. I'll have thoughts about Skull and Bones once uh, once I'm allowed to. Um, the Crew Motorfest, I am I, I didn't know that the Crew had fans. I and and they put out a ton of uh, DLC and stuff for that last game, and they're putting out another game now. This looks like it's going to be 100 percent a trend chasing game, trying to do what Horizon Five did multiple years ago um which is just kind of pathetic at this point like i understand that you know from concept to to release these games take a long time but with a thing like this like the crew motor fest uh, it, it literally is just like you know a few years ago and, and i guess probably like someone they just saw horizon 5 and was like we'll do that but worse <laughs> like So, I don't know. All the power to them. I've tried to get into The Crew. I think it was The Crew 2. Played a little bit. And it was just one of the worst feeling games I've ever played. That's not great for... (laughs) That's not great for a racing game. You want your racing game to feel good. and, uh, And it doesn't. At least in my opinion. We have X Defiant coming. I've talked at length about that. I think that game is aggressively mediocre um but it's got some hardcore stands and the people who are really into it seem to be like like angry call of duty fans who don't like some stuff that call of duty is doing in modern games uh so they like x defiant because it's doing some stuff different uh and i mean that's cool if those people find a home then genuinely i'm happy for them but it is not a very good game at least in my opinion um it just feels really generic it 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 feels like they someone took a mobile game and 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 turned it into a a a quote-unquote triple-a game and um yeah i don't know the uh final thing is supposed to be another large game uh is what's rumored um it, it could be a few things i think it could be the division heartland Um, That's a game I have to be very careful what I say about, but um, I I think that could be it. But I really actually believe there's a really good chance this is the Star Wars game. Now, we know we have the big Star Wars fest every year, so it's it's more likely that any like huge showcase of their of the massive Star Wars game, which is one of the studios of, of Ubisoft's. Um, would more than likely have its like big reveal at this at the Star Wars show much like Jedi Survivor did last year but it's possible they could at least tease it um, and I think that's fairly likely so that's what I'm kind of expecting for Ubisoft I would be surprised Um, it it is weird that there's a bunch of games we're not seeing or hearing rumors about uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2 uh, the Prince of Persia remake which like I mean I swear they showed that like or four years ago now it had to have been and it looked real bad and it sounds like that game's in rough uh in a rough spot so it is interesting and and we'll be talking about this more in the future uh you know there's talk about how like xbox's fable game is in trouble is having development trouble uh you know it's worth remembering that at one point the story about tears of the kingdom the the new uh, nintendo zelda game was having like a really rough time. That's part of why they delayed it, and it ended up. It's come out, and to a lot of people, is the best game ever made. You know, big ambitious games have trouble. So, um, you know, this. Not, not, do I think that this Prince of Persia remake is going to come out and be the best game ever made? I mean, probably not. But you know, I wouldn't write it off completely. Um, but they do have a lot of uh, projects coming up um, that I'm just i'm curious they've canceled a lot of games too and so i'm really curious to what that will play out as unfortunately i have a feeling that all those uh, games they canceled all those devs are, are what's going to make up those 800 devs that are going to start working on assassin's creed uh, but we'll have to wait and see what we get from them uh, i'm going to throw in the xbox showcase um, this one's really interesting because, you know, there's things that we are expecting to see. We're expecting to see, well, we know we're going to see Starfield. They're even doing their own, uh, it's, its own showcase after the Xbox showcase. Um, I think we'll see things uh, like Forza Motorsport because that should be coming out pretty soon. Um, I think, I really hope we'll see uh, Hellblade, Sinua's, I think it's going to be, um, let's see, the first one was uh, Sinua's something. Uh, I keep wanting to say Requiem because of a play tale, but I think it's Sinuous Saga is the sequel. We'll say Hellblade two. I think they're going to show that. And I really believe there's a decent chance they show that. And it has a release date this year. I think that may be their big pop at the end of the year. If not, I would expect it in early 2024. Um, I think we're going to maybe see some teases from what like the coalition is doing with we uh, there's been rumors that they're working on gear six supposedly they were working on some other projects and after some of the issues xbox has had in the last couple years xbox said nope you guys need to work on gear six and that is going to be our next game um that should be exciting for people even if they're not gears fans Um, the coalition has for a long time been extremely close to epic uh, who makes the unreal engine and it's very likely that this gears of war six is going to be an absolute just like showcase for the unreal engine five um and so i'm really excited to see what they can do with that when the whole idea is that it's made for one console they can really optimize it for this one experience um, i'm excited to see what they're going to do with that so even a gear six teaser i'll never forget that the gears five teaser still one of my favorite reveals ever and that was from Many is uh, that 2017 or 16? Um, it was really, really cool. So, uh, and we'll, we'll just have to see if we're gonna see anything from like Fable. Um, I, I suspect we'll maybe get a teaser. We have like the Outer Worlds 2, State of Decay 3. That's one I really hope we see something from. Believe it or not, State of Decay 2 is still receiving updates um it, they i think just this last week or two received another pretty substantial content update um that game is interesting and that studio is interesting it's undead labs unfortunately it came upon some controversy in the last couple of years where there was some talk of kind of like toxic work culture and stuff like that um but they uh they that state of decay two, whether you like it or not is I would argue it's been one of the best supported games in the last five or ten years. Um, And it's really a bummer every year that you see this, like, best ongoing game awards, and they're always going to No Man's Sky and Fortnite, and you never even see Stay of Decay 2 get a nod because it's not that popular. Uh, But it's like the the updates they do on that game are crazy. Like, that game has drastically changed in the last couple years, and they just keep adding more which like you know they're working on Stay of decay 3 so you would assume the the bulk of their work is there and so i would guess they're doing all these big updates on Stay of decay 2 with a fairly small team uh, and it's really impressive and you would assume all the lessons they're learning from 2 they're gonna move to 3 i'm expecting 3 to be like a more cinematic game um state of decay and Stay of decay 2 are like there is story to them and you can suss it out if you want but they're very much meant to be like kind of like choose your own path like little city builder type of things where the goal is to escape and then start a new community and so i'll be uh i'll be curious i really hope they show that but there's a whole bunch of games i hope we see um i i've seen a lot of discussion and, and i think it's worth talking about at least just briefly in that there's there's so much hype about starfield and it's like it's like toxic hype it's so weird because there's so much talk about like well starfield better be a, an 11 out of 10 to save xbox and it's like and, and i saw a good um tweet today from i believe his name is miles dompierre uh who's i think at windows central i believe um who was talking about like you know xbox needs to have multiple good games um Xbox really needs, like, four 8 to 9 out of 10s then it needs Starfield to be an 11. Like, Starfield can be an 8. That's fine. But they really need Hellblade to be a 9 and then Forza Motorsport to be, like, a 9 and then Fable or Avowed or any of these other games to be, like, you know, like, 8s and 9s rather than be... Um, you know, one game be a 10, one game is not going to make a break, uh, Xbox at this point, but they need to put together a string of wins. Um, and, uh, unfortunately in the pundit world, that's not going to be the conversation. It's all about Starfield. And, um, and I really hope that they uh, have used this extra time to make it a game that will be worthy of all of this, uh, excitement. And then finally, we have the PlayStation showcase that is coming up really soon. It's coming up this this coming week. Um, And the big expectations there are Final Fantasy 16, probably a pretty big showcase. Uh, Spider-Man 2 is expected to be shown Um, that uh, Insomniac is also doing the Wolverine game. That's expected to be mature rated and is expected to be like gory and all of that. If you remember a game called it was I think it was called Wolverine. It was Origins. Uh, back in the gosh what ps3 days i think uh 360 ps3 and it was just like ultra gory it wasn't really that good of a game but they finally let us like be wolverine um and so i'm expecting an equally gory experience but because it's insomniac it'll be like a really high quality cinematic game as well so uh you know there is a chance they may tease that wolverine game again they've done it before um ghost of tsushima 2 is pretty likely um death stranding it's really interesting like we'll have to see if sony can pull enough strings to get like a big uh death stranding 2 showcase uh, i'm kind of curious if they will end up uh putting most of that into the summer game fest just because jeff Keighley and uh Uh, kojima are just so close so we'll have to see uh what how much of death stranding we see next week as opposed to the couple weeks after there's a lot of rumors about konami having a metal gear solid 3 remake that will be likely exclusive to the playstation uh that would be a pretty big deal if they you know if, if they're gonna put that onto you know this this much upgraded uh engine that you know Metal Gear Solid 5 was on, I believe uh, Konami actually owns that engine uh, and old Kojima wasn't able to take it with him. Uh, if you don't know, I believe Death Stranding was actually built on, I think it's the Decima engine, which is what uh, Horizon Zero Dawn was made on. Um, and we, uh, and, and supposedly we are, they are expected to show at least something from the next Final Fantasy 7 uh, remake uh, chapter. Uh, it, it's an interesting one because with with all of this talk about xbox and how it's had its struggles and its lack of content and stuff like that after ragnarok came out for uh, playstation there was kind of like people were kind of looking around being like oh hey like what's next <laughs> like we know spider man 2 is coming out and that's gonna be a big deal and we know there's these other sequels that will be big deals when it comes to Death Stranding and Ghost of Tsushima and stuff like that. But, like, what kind of, like, original stuff are are we going to hear about all of these live service titles they're supposedly working on? Are they going to incorporate Destiny into the showcase? Uh, are we going to see something from this, you know, supposed, like, survival kind of multiplayer Last of Us game? Uh, are we going to see them announce Last of Us 3, anything God of War? Um, you know, are they going to bring back Uncharted, you know? Um my uh, a big one i would be curious about is if they're going to even just tease the return of some big uh first person shooter or third person shooter a socom a mag perhaps um a kill zone uh you know with with them having so much anxiety about that activision deal with xbox um a big part of that being that they don't really have their own you know they they're very they're you know if you really think about playstation they're fairly niche they they really survive on third person action adventure single player games. That's why they go out and get a destiny. That's why they talk about doing all these live service games. They, you know, obviously realize that the writing on the might be on the wall for Call of Duty one day. And so they need to have some more diversity, maybe, in their like big hitter triple A titles. I know they have games like Dreams and, and Astro and stuff like that, but you know, they, they don't they they all of their big hitters are kind of in the same genre and that obviously works for them. They're making money hand over fist, you know, but it's, it's, you know, they probably want to have a little more variety. So I'll be really curious to see, uh, you know, what, what they may surprise us with there. I, I expect that show next week to be a big deal. I think it's going to be huge. So I'll be excited to talk about it then. Okay, well, we're going to go to story number four. This is the weekly topic. It may be a fairly short one, but um, I, I wanted to ask just the question of are game console generations over? Um, what this comes from is a lot of conversation happening recently uh, about the next Nintendo console, uh, whether or not it's going to be like an upgraded Switch, whether it's going to be like a Switch 2, or if they're going to get real weird and move to an entirely different concept. Um, I've seen a lot of chatter about how, uh, you know, so many pundits and stuff like that are so like, just make a switch to just make a switch that's way more powerful. But if you look at Nintendo's history, they haven't really been ones to iterate. They really, really like to be dramatic, um, with the exception, if you look at like the Game Boys and stuff like they 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 did have a habit of having like, you know, multiple versions of similarly powered and stuff consoles but if you think about like they went from was it the 64 to the gamecube i think unless i'm missing something that was in between and then from the gamecube to the wii which was like a completely new concept that's when they really kind of gave up the whole idea of like and we're not gonna try to compete on graphics we're just gonna do our own thing and they did the motion controls and, and all of that and then they did the wii u which was like kind of an evolution of the Wii, but not really, mostly in name. And then the Switch really was like kind of like a refinement of the Wii U, but it was bigger than that. The Wii U is a huge disaster for Nintendo, for a company that doesn't really have that many disasters. And so we have all this conversation about the Switch. You know, Are they going to go big with their changes or is it just going to be iterative? Uh, We have all these rumors about a slim PlayStation five that may have better ray tracing tech, which kind of doesn't make sense because so few games take advantage of that anyways. Um, You would think that it would just be a little more powerful, much like the PS4 Pro, or it could just be a slim. And that's actually what I'm expecting. I, I don't think that we've even really seen a situation where that justifies having like big new powerful systems yet. I think it's way more likely that they found a way to make the PS5 way cheaper and way smaller and not be the monstrosity that it is now. And I think we will eventually see that. Uh, same with the Xbox. There's all these rumors about them doing a mid-gen refresh. But what I think is a really interesting thing to to look at, um, there was actually a story uh, that came out today about Jim Ryan. It was Jim Ryan. He's the head of PlayStation. And he was basically saying that, no, they, they, they are not going to release first-party PlayStation games on PC day one anytime soon if ever and you have to realize that's a strategy now when you look at like Xbox they they do the, the the day one thing they 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 do uh you know we we release on Xbox and PC the same day and and that's what they do and you know you can have conversations about whether or not that's good because you know, those, those, devs have to try to make the game work well on PC and on console. And we've seen issues with like, like Redfall. Now its performance was the least of Redfall's issues, but it was definitely one of the issues. So, you know, is there a possibility that if Redfall wasn't expected to be on PC day one, could they have spent that development time that they use for PC to make the game in general better? And it would have been better if it just released on Xbox first maybe but that kind of seems like the philosophy that sony has and what's interesting about that to me and the reason this whole conversation wraps back into the whole game generations thing or the the console generations conversation is sony really wants that big pop with selling hardware they want all those all these headlines that they're getting selling 30 40 50 million consoles you know up to i believe the ps4 is up over 100 million you know they like that that is good for them and then we have to look at whether or not you know are we gonna have a ps6 i think we absolutely will have a ps6 because you know as they said at the at the beginning of this generation they believe in generations now they kind of went back on that by having i think all of their games so far be on both generations of consoles the last and current uh, but that's ending they're going to start putting out games only on the current gen but I really believe, you know, especially with PlayStation, it's gonna lead up to a PS6 in four or five years. Where I don't think that's gonna happen with Xbox. I think with the way you see them pushing backwards compatibility, the, the way you see them, even you know, this generation coming out the gate with two consoles, with a with a lower powered one and a more powerful one that's basically you know on par with the PS5. I would be surprised if we see Xbox try to put out a big new console the same time as the PS six. Um, I think it's more likely that before then we will get what will look like a mid gen refresh of the Xbox. Um, but I really believe Xbox could go the way of like, Hey, you know, we really aren't going to have like a next generation instead. We're just going to put out a more powerful console every four or five years. Um, and we'll be backwards compatible as far as we can with these games as they get more powerful with the new consoles, we will eventually have to phase out the old stuff. Uh, so say like a, a new console comes out in two or three years, uh, you know, that would make that the top dog, the X, the kind of lower system, and then they may phase out the S. Now with the S, because of all of the tech they have, they can make it a streaming box and you could still play the new games, but you'd have to stream them instead of playing them on hardware because the hardware wouldn't be fast enough, right? And and I really think we could see Xbox go a different direction of, you know, every four or five years having a more powerful console come out, rather than try to do this rat race with with PlayStation because they lose. Uh, even Phil Spencer said it in that interview, you know, a few weeks back with kind of funny like, they are probably never going to be able to catch unless Sony just like stops making consoles, or unless they you know change their strategy significantly the 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 idea uh, even the comparisons of of playstation and xbox hardware sales is is kind of pointless because sony's just going to double them up and so i i wonder if that kind of stuff may lead to you know sony kind of doing its own thing doing the old school generational hardware release which is working you know why if it ain't broke you know why fix it And I think you may see Xbox go a different direction, realizing like, okay, we can't compete with that. At this point, we're going to take a different and and they do seem like they're taking a different direction. They are are trying to make a bunch of different variety of games. They're acquiring all these studios. They're really focusing on Game Pass. They're even kind of focusing on streaming and stuff like that. And then you have Nintendo doing their own thing. So I just I'm really curious. I, I think the days of like the PS3 uh or was it what was the equivalent of the gamecube i think the ps2 and the xbox like the days of having like the gamecube the ps2 and the xbox all coming out within a few months of each other and being these like competitive things you know all in the market at the same time and let's see who wins i think that's coming to an end and, and i think it's already over so we'll see Story number five, uh, NVIDIA has revealed its RTX 4060 lineup. This is a really interesting one. Um, the, the thing to know is that, uh, so so the way that they do their, their hardware, so this is graphics cards. They have a 4090, it's their super top dog, it's super expensive. Then they have a 4080, and I believe a 4080 Ti. And then they have a 4070, and I think a 4070 Ti. And what's interesting about those, is i believe they come in i think it's 12 and 16 gig versions between the 4070s and now we have this 4060 and what's so interesting about it is that i believe it's was it like a 4050 a 4060 and a 4060 ti and the two lower ones are gonna have eight gigs of ram in them just know that this has been standard for like seven or eight nine ten years and it's outdated at this point. Even the PS5 and Series X have more RAM and more memory in them, uh, the processing memory than that. And they're also going to release this 4D60 Ti for $499 that's going to have 16 gigs of this RAM in it, which is going to arguably probably make it more powerful than one of the 4070s that's two or $300 more. And it's a really weird tactic because you would think they would do like a 12 gigabyte 4060 ti and then do a 16 gigabyte 4070 and then that would be like a natural progression Uh, but for whatever reason they're doing that and honestly i've been thinking about doing some upgrades lately i have a 3060 ti with eight gigs of ram that 40 that that 4060 ti with with 16 is is probably my next big upgrade i was going to do my monitors but they're fine i don't need to upgrade those and um yeah i'm fairly confident at this point i'm actually going to go for the gpu uh, and it's going to be cheaper actually to upgrade that instead of the two uh monitors now knowing my luck i'm going to get that gpu installed and then both monitors are going to die or something but you know we'll we'll see what happens uh story number six uh bioware has released some new mass effect uh merch and it is very tally based uh so uh, they They released a picture frame that has the actual face of Tally in it. Uh, you see this if you romance Tally in the third game uh in, in the original trilogy, it was a really badly photoshopped like stock image that they uh, decided to represent all of the Korians with um, in the legendary edition. They made it a like rendered model of what I assume now should be considered the canon look for not only tally but probably Koreans in general um this caused and it still has a lot of conversation around it there's a lot of people that uh, that don't like that she looks too human that she's not alien enough that they wanted her to be one of these just in my opinion just ugly concepts that uh, are really old of what tally could have looked like Um, i'm glad she looks the way she looks but anyways if you want to get a real life version of that frame and photo you can get it from bioware gear store right now as well as a just interesting shirt that says uh it was totally worth it which is a line that tally uh, says to Shep if they smashed in the second game uh, she talks about how it made her sick but it was worth it look I, I love mass effect i'm'm I'm, I'm a big tally fan uh this uh, that along with like the body pillows that you can buy which if you didn't know that is a thing um a l- little too much for me. I'm going to hard pass on that personally. So, um, but hey, to each their own. Um, I will say there was kind of an interesting um, uh, tidbit though in that photo frame, in the description, uh, the item description in the store. uh, If you remember, it was just over a year ago that they had the big item description for the poster uh, that they made from the 2021 in seven day teaser uh, that seemingly to some of us felt like it may have been a bit of a um uh uh, a bit of a maybe a leak or maybe a very detailed teaser or maybe just an intern's made-up story um and this one it, it, it it's a letter from tally to shepherd uh and at the end it insinuates that they have many more adventures left together Um, You know, I decided to make kind of a joking clickbait video suggesting that maybe that was another way for them to uh, suggest that Shepard's back for the next game. I um, acknowledge that that's mostly just hopium on my part. But yep. if you want some more Tali merch from Mass Effect, uh, go ahead and check out the Bioware gear store. Um, I am a Bioware gear store ambassador, so I I can make a 20% off code anytime I want. So if you ever want a discount on items in that store, please let me know. And, uh, you know, I, I can, I can, uh, if I have one already, I can give it to you. If I don't, I can make one in about 30 seconds. So uh, just let me know. And I will get a little cut of that and you will get 20% off. Uh, story number seven, the Diablo 4 um, server slam uh, test, uh, final thoughts. Um, it was really uh, good. I was really impressed. The first couple tests they did for Diablo had a lot of issues with uh, getting queued up and getting in the servers, and I had very minimal issues actually in the game once I got in um, this server slam i saw some people think that maybe it's the the numbers weren't as big because tears of the kingdom came out the same day and that's definitely um that they maybe didn't get slammed as much as they thought i suspect they did though i i think that they probably have just done some really good work over the last few months and getting their servers and, and and their whole network just ready for what's about to happen here in a few weeks when this game actually comes out so i believe it's uh june 6th that we're getting diablo 4 i'm really excited i haven't gotten into a diablo game in many many years um so i'm really excited to see what they're gonna do uh here with this one and um, i've really really enjoyed what i've played so far but i definitely have had to be careful to not burn myself out because um, at this point i've played the first like five to ten hours of diablo 4 three times and so I'll be very excited to blow through that as quickly as possible and to uh, get into uh, parts of the game I haven't seen yet that were blocked off in in the betas so I'm really excited for uh, Diablo I'm definitely gonna be streaming it I'll be talking about it on the the podcast Um, I'll be making some videos about it I'm sure I'm not really one to make like this is the best build in Diablo but I'll definitely do um, you know just some general thoughts videos and maybe uh, if there's anything cool I stumble upon Uh, The final story here is a real quick one. Um, Story number eight, uh, the Epic showed off their Unreal Engine Deformer tech. Uh, It is uh, theoretically uh, tech that's going to allow them to simulate things all the way down to the bones, uh, to the muscles, to the skin, and even clothing to just make everything move more naturally. And even to the point where like, you should be able to more better see uh, the, the way the body reacts to clothing underneath the clothing and stuff. Um, What's what's really interesting about it though, is that it's very likely that the tech will still incorporate, um, you know, like data saving and streaming, memory streaming uh, savings. Uh, Basically, if you, uh, if say there's like the body of a character and then there's clothes on top of that, you don't want the body, the pixels of the body to be rendered because that's just wasted rendering space because no one can see it. But I think what this tech is supposed to be doing Is still having the outer layer, the clothing, behave as if there's stuff underneath it, even though it may not be rendering. And so I think, from what I could gather, that was like kind of the exciting part about this tech. And that would be great if we can see um this is the kind of stuff that may be used more in like in-game cutscenes and stuff maybe uh, i don't know if we'll see this kind of tech used in like live gameplay but i could see in like in-game cinematics uh that are able to more fully you know focus on using the power on just the visuals that maybe we'll see some of that tech uh, show up sooner and later uh or not i don't know man unreal engine 5 uh, in some ways appears to be like a magic engine, uh, with all the stuff it can do, but we kind of need to see some games come out to like really show it off because even the game as recent as like Jedi survivor is still an unreal engine four game. So I think we're still yet to see, uh, all of this, all, of, all of this miracle work being done by unreal engine five okay let's move to listener questions if you have your own questions be sure to ask in the discord and the youtube comments uh, you can ask live uh during the recording here on twitch if you want to or you can hit me up on twitter at bond diesel or at the echo cast uh, the first kind of topic here um, is from youtubes uh, they basically they posted it and said you know i'd like you to have a, a mass effect speculation chat uh, could look at how um, contemporaries be it other games or media um uh, even what's going on in real life could influence the next game Uh, maybe even organize it by core pillars like story exploration combat customization uh he mentions that in an interview with another podcast uh, mac walters who was a writer on the trilogy um, mentioned in a a recent interview um, that even just in the writing aspect uh, current events influence like mass effect 3 quite a bit uh, on the gameplay side mark dara had mentioned uh, including mounts in dragon age inquisition uh was seen as uh very very important because other games uh, that were in their genre were doing that uh and just kind of asking what you know could be the uh, essential uh you know uh, trendy features to be in the next mass effect game would be so yeah, so like story. Um, I, I mean, I think um, uh, one thing I think that people haven't talked much about, uh, and I even mentioned it back when the war started, and 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 people like kind of disagreed with me. It was really interesting. Um, I think the Ukraine war is going to be a, a extremely influential on video games moving forward um, in, in a few ways. Uh, the, the the politics of it and kind of the invasion of one country trying to be. You know colonial still and uh trying to bring back you know and mass effect could definitely uh play off of this idea a bit but trying to bring uh you know land back into their fold and that land doesn't want to be brought back and you know then a war happens um just the pure combat footage i've really i've talked i haven't talked much about it but i want to about how know you have to realize like all these games use like reference material right even the game like the division would have used reference material from actual like war uh but all of that footage uh, that they would have used to do that would have been like kind of crappy like iraq or afghanistan combat footage which is like you know insurgencies are different than like full-scale war and i really think people underestimate how i mean daily on reddit if you look in the right spots You can see even hourly new footage from the front lines of the Ukraine war, whether it's drone footage or GoPro footage from a soldier's helmet. Um, I mean, you can like see footage of young men running into trenches and like shooting other people and throwing grenades into bunkers and then clearing them out and getting hurt and evacuated. And like like we're we're seeing, you know, war in 4K. And it's crazy. And I really think that um, both from a story perspective and what's going on in Ukraine um, to a to a combat and gameplay perspective, I think that war and the footage that we're seeing of it, for better or worse, is going to heavily influence games moving forward. Any games that involve any kind of like war, um, obviously, like Call of Duty and stuff like, you know, that they're going to be you know eventually we're gonna see games that are heavily influenced by it but i think even the game like the next mass effect could take especially the story um but even some of the kind of combat stuff from it because we're, we're seeing you know two first world nations with modern armies kind of fight and it's not just like hitting around attacks like we saw in insurgencies and stuff like this is like straight up there's a front line that's moving war there's territory being taken there's people losing their lives lots of them um there it, it's interesting i think that's going to be a huge influence the ukraine war um when it comes to exploration um i think that's going to be a really interesting one because i i think that we see you know Andromeda was obviously following the trend of these big open world games um, that were very popular in the, you know, the, the, the 2010s um, uh, popularized, especially by Ubisoft, but even by like Breath of the Wild from, uh, from Nintendo late in the gen, uh, late in the years. And, and that didn't work out great. You, You see a lot of people, and I think even a lot of people who like Andromeda aren't like thrilled by the way it's set up. Um, so, I would really expect the exploration side of things to be different. I still think that we'll, I think instead of having a handful of really, really big worlds to explore, I think it's likely that we'll see something maybe even kind of like Mass Effect 1, um, or maybe we'll see, you know, many more smaller areas to explore. And I hope they're not quite as cut and paste as Mass Effect 1 was, but I suspect we're past that, I hope. And um, I, 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 I actually would be surprised if the next game continues to follow this trend of like completely open world um and 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 you know no linearity at all. I I actually would be uh, would be uh, expecting and, and and pleased if the next Mass Effect is just a little more linear. Give us some opportunities to do what we want. Um, but but maybe you know put us down a path a little bit more than what we saw in something like Andromeda. Uh, and then in customization, I mean, I, I, I think we look back at Andromeda uh, again and, and we'll maybe kind of see what uh, Bioware is willing to do with uh, Dragon Age Dreadwolf. Um, but I, I really think that it would be hard to to put that cat back in the bag. I um, I actually one of the things I really like about Andromeda is how customizable a lot of the stuff is, whether it's, uh, you know, your gear, your character um, your ships your weapons your you know the even the nomad you can customize uh, quite a bit both um gameplay wise and visually so um yeah i i would expect that to, to be pretty big and um if i had to pick like one thing that i think they'll definitely have because it's popular right now i mean you would want to look at probably tears of the kingdom is probably the next like big um, uh it's probably the next you know big influential game um i i don't see too much of what tears does though as something that could like be directly put into mass effect um, but i think just the general idea of having some freedom and and, and the ability to have creativity to solve puzzles and to um, have like creative gameplay maybe we'll see that maybe that will be the big thing that they feel forced to do um, you know, they're, they're so early in development. Uh, I'm sure all those devs are playing tears right now and they're all getting inspired by it. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe we, uh, we don't see the, uh, the, oh, um, all oh, the little puzzles from Andromeda. I forget what they're, what they're called off the top of my head, but, um, it, it's maybe we won't do that again. Maybe we'll see some more creative puzzle puzzle stuff. Uh, Hopefully. But that's a that's a really great topic, and and maybe I can do a, a whole separate video uh, about that one day uh, and go in a little bit more depth. Uh, in the in the live chat here, uh, Sudoku. That's what I was thinking of from Andromeda. I never quite figured it out. I mean, I kind of did, and I still I just don't like it. <laughs> um, and then we have some questions here from Master Prime. Uh, we have a uh, your your fan casting for Mass Effect TV series. I want I, I actually already wrote that down as a video to do. Uh, so I'm not going to answer that right now because I would have a hard time doing it. Um, but but I wanted to mention it because that is now on my list of videos to do. And yes, I want Henry Cavill to be in there, but maybe not as who you think. Uh, another question from Haster Prime is, do you have faith in this year's Summer Game Fest? I believe that was the question. Um, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's going to be weaker than Jeff probably wants it to be uh, with PlayStation And and PlayStation and Xbox doing their own shows. Um, Obviously, there's third parties that he's going to be able to pull in, like Kojima. um, But you can't underestimate PlayStation and Xbox's ability to pull in third parties, too. Uh, And so I'm I'm really curious to how his show will complement those I'm really curious to how PlayStation going first will impact what they show, because they'll probably be more willing to show stuff at his show, because why not? It's not gonna hurt anything. They've already shown what they want. They control the narrative, where on the other hand, Xbox being after Summer Game Fest, they won't be able to show as much stuff on his show. Um, and so, I think we'll know this that juxtaposition. But yeah, I think he'll show some cool stuff. I also think it's gonna be 50% commercials and him self-flagellating, but that's how he rolls. Uh, and then uh, ur- uh, urban or rural setting and games. I'm definitely mixed on that. I like both. Um, there's a game that is going to have a more rural setting or at least more a suburban setting uh, that's coming out sooner than later. Uh, and I'll be very excited to talk about that. But I can appreciate both. Um, there's definitely games like, um, like State of Decay 2 is a good one that never quite got like a city map. It, all their maps are like country maps uh, that have like little towns in them um uh, i so i definitely find that i would uh, appreciate if we got more urban stuff but you also see that there's tech limitations to that there's there's a reason why a lot of games take place in uh in the less densely uh populated places so we'll see okay and if we have any twitch questions we do have uh one live one here uh from cage nephilim uh saying uh sag and uh after uh, uh, have voted to strike if negotiations fall through. What kind of effect do you think a prolonged strike will have on the gaming industry? Um, that would put me in kind of a, a place that I don't know enough. I would need to do some research to see. Um, I, I assume uh, that would have a lot more impact. Like the Riders Guild, I assume is mostly like traditional media, um, but I believe that SAG um, would would impact games a lot more because uh, I know we've heard uh, conversations about like Jennifer Hale and stuff like that. Um, you know being uh being unionized and part of these guilds um uh it does directly impact you know their what they get paid and stuff like that for um their voice acting and 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 nowadays uh what's really interesting especially with um that kind of stuff is a lot of voice actors are expected to not just be voice actors anymore and that you see like especially in like the naughty dogs and stuff like that their voice actors are also the actors in the games and are very often the the, the main subjects of the facial capture and even the body capture in this and in, in, like the cutscenes and stuff that you know it's you know it, it's at one point i i imagine being a voice actor for video games was a lot like being a voice actor for a cartoon um, and, and you weren't very physically involved and I'm sure that still happens. And with tech that we've seen in unreal engine five and stuff like that, um, you know, you know, may, may, maybe, uh, may, maybe that isn't as important as it used to be. And, and, and heaven forbid, all these companies, uh, are, are trying to do all this AI crap now, uh, and, and replace these people who, who have the skills. Um, but I really believe that, uh, you know. Uh, I I think that maybe as gamers, we've been a little bit teased uh, by the um, the the writer's guild thing not impacting games yet. Um, It's also I'm under the impression that a lot of time the writing teams are like the first ones out. Um, So I would imagine like short term, uh, even if SAG did. Um, strike we wouldn't see any big uh impacts in the short term but in the long term it may be more apparent and we may see games that were pretty obviously like written and maybe even voice acted by people who had no business doing it um so we'll see but that's a really good question and it's an interesting topic that uh hopefully will not uh be relevant soon but probably will be so um that that's it that's all we have for this week uh for listener questions Uh, i appreciate those um and i uh you know we'll wrap things up so um uh, thank you so much for listening to the podcast Um, i really do appreciate it uh if you um, have any feedback for the show please let me know in all the right places um, you can catch it all over the place, and I do plan on uh, streaming it live on Twitch on Friday uh, evenings or afternoons. Uh, pay attention to the at EchoCast, uh, the EchoCast Twitter account to see those announcements. Um, you can find me all over uh, the internet uh, as Bond Bondiesel uh, on Twitter, uh, YouTube, Twitch, and Instagram, uh, and that is all I have. So until next time. I'm a 64 I'll be 64 i